2: There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they
1: need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
2: Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like a full line of Redestein tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. All from TireRack.com. TireRack.com. It's the way the tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 5 Eastern, 12 to 2 Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at FoxSportsRadio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Ooh which Doug leap show here on fox sports radio hope you're having a great day um we have a jam-packed second hour of the show for you dennis dodd's gonna join us from cbs sports to get his thoughts on the coaching changes uh made so far as jimbo fisher gonna get 76 million dollars to not coach texas a&m how do i get that job I mean, how do I get and then lose that job? That's, that's a good question. We're broadcasting live from the Tireight.com studios. Tireight.com. we we'll help you get there. Unmatched selection. Fast, free shipping. Free road has protection. Over 10000 recommended installers. dollars is the way tire buying should be. Mm-hmm. So we got Dennis Dodd. We got some Harbaugh. Oh, Harbaugh addressed the media today. It was, it was something. But every Monday, we like to kind of look back on the weekend. It was a crazy weekend when you consider the volume of sports and sports stories. We play a little Love and Hate with you. Let's start uh, the game called Love and Hate.
0: What did you love? God, I love you. And what did you hate? Meet these player
3: haters.
2: We will start with Love and Hate. What we love. Dan Beyer, what did you love most over the weekend? <laughs> <laughs> like On the heels of these
4: late endings, I, I loved that. Specifically, I loved uh, for myself that the Seahawks were able to pull it out against the Washington Commanders. But the fact is, is that you did have five games that came down to the wire. Doing so, Doug, all in unique fashion. You pointed out the C.J. Stroud mistake that the Texans quarterback made up 10, 3.30 to go not only throws the pick, but throws it in a spot where they got a significant run back. Almost scored, actually. Could have been a pick six. But to be able to then persevere they didn't get a first down to run out the clock so the Bengals got the football back kicked a field goal and then it was Houston getting the uh the game winner to have the game end like that they have the Browns come back from a 24-9 deficit and then kick and have De- uh Dustin Hopkins kick the game winning field goal after his extra point was the reason they were down one in the first place just the seesaw battle of Lions Chargers sorry guys i had to bring it up but a great great matchup the return of Kyler Murray. The Falcons had actually scored prior to take a lead. Cardinals don't get the two point conversion, so it's only a, or the Falcons don't get it, so it's only a one point game, allowing the Cardinals to win. All of these late games unraveled in completely different ways, but they provided exciting football, and I loved it in Week Ten. All right, uh, Jay Stew, what would
2: you love
5: for the second week in the row? Um, and I hate to be redundant, but Josh Dobbs is what I loved. I love Josh Dobbs because he not only is what is he a uh, astronomical science major or whatever he was. Um, he's like a he, he literally is a rocket scientist, and he put together his second straight great performance for the Vikings. Remember, this was the guy when the Arizona Cardinals signed him. That was one of the leading reasons for the national narrative that the Cardinals were obviously tanking. So to go from that guy which our industry basically said to you, you suck this bad that they're tanking, to a guy that most likely now might lead the Vikings to the playoffs. Just an amazing story, and I, I love watching him yesterday.
2: Lorena?
0: Oh, you know, my Cowboys, always loving them when they're winning. That's, that's the only thing on my heart today, Doug.
4: That's it, huh? That's it. Okay. Honestly, that's all she has to say because that game, the Cowboys messed around for a little bit at the beginning, but it was such a it was what, seventeen was the spread. And uh yeah, it was twenty eight nothing, forty two to seven at the end of three.
5: What's the what's the property that Doug always uses? Is it called the Tra- transitive? transitive property, yeah. If if uh if the Cowboys have beat the Giants right. combined by like a hundred and ten to two this year, and the 49ers beat the Cowboys 40 to 10, then what would the score of the 49ers and the Giants be? That's
2: a great point. Infinity. Infinity. <laughs> Pie. <laughs> Infinity. Um, can I t- say what I loved? Yes. I love Michigan kicking Penn State's ass. Uh, it had all the elements that, that you love, right? Because it's pretty obvious, you know, Penn State and the Big Ten trying to derail Michigan. There's, they have substance behind it. You're not supposed to do what they did, but like we're acting like these are war crimes committed by Michigan. They are not. And then, you know, Michigan doesn't even throw the ball in the second half. They just three yards in a cloud of dusted or, or faked the handoff. I mean, it was old school football. And then the, the acting head coach comes out and he's crying like Jim Harbaugh just died tragically, <laughs> you know? And you're sitting there going, like, okay, he just got suspended for, you know, you could say the suspension is whack, but, like, why are, this is, it was like, save Ferris. I felt like we were raising money for, for Jim Harbaugh to somehow be cured of this dreaded, awful disease, which is a three-game suspension. The, the whole thing was delightful to me to watch. With, with you know, I'll, I'll get to what I hate later, but I loved Michigan just going in and grinding one out and smashing Penn State. All right, Dan Byer, what do you hate?
4: Doug, I hate everything that you just liked. I hated what Michigan did on Saturday. And it's not so much of what they did to Penn State. We knew that Penn State was limited on offense. We knew that Michigan had a successful running game. But it's the fact that this school goes around pretending like they are victims in this case, that they have been wrongly punished We talked about this on Friday. A three-game ban to your head coach, and that's the only punishment that you get from the conference, is something that you should be celebrating. That's all that it was. Obviously, Jim Harbaugh was not needed this past weekend. He won't be needed next weekend. It's debatable whether he'll be needed on the sidelines against Ohio State. Now, if he was out of the building for these three weeks, completely different story. But he did the press conference today to have their interim head coach cry on national television and then think that it's okay to just continue to drop F-bombs and S-bombs? What did you do? You beat a team that you were supposed to beat. Nothing changed. They had their game prep all set. Just because he wasn't on the sidelines doesn't mean you were going to lose on Saturday. Are you kidding me? This us against the world sort of thing? Yeah, because you're claiming to be the victim in all this, and you're the ones who are cheating. The school president coming out and saying, I'll oh, this tweet of unified and all uh, uh, proud. Oh my goodness. Like, go ahead, leave for the SEC, Michigan, which is what message boards were saying. Yeah, they should leave the conference. They should win the Big Ten uh, championship game and smash the trophy on the podium to show the Big Ten did you a favor. A huge favor. They allowed you to play their championship game and only removed your head coach from the sidelines for three and a half hours on a Saturday. Oh, my goodness. I can't stand it. I can't stand people who stick up for this crap as well. That's what I hated. All right.
5: What about you there, Jay (laughs) Still? No reaction to that vitriolic rant. I mean, that was... That was epic, right? That was epic. Rack him. Rack Dan Byer. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, hey, guys, I, I'm going to ask for a little bit of time to lay this out because I feel like it's it's a a lifetime in the maker. Um, I hate the fact that the NFL has put the word foot into football. And I say this because I've, I've had a standing take that football is an arrogant American name for a sport. Of all the names to name a sport, you had to name another sport that exclusively uses their feet. To name a sport that you don't really use your feet that often, you could call it something else. But that we chose to call it football, and then we chose to call soccer, soccer. It's just so arrogant, I think. But now, field goals are up. There is more than two field goals tried per game per team. Um, It's up like 20%. There's more punts per game. Yesterday, five NFL games ended on a game-winning field goal. Dan just said that's real exciting. I would say that it's dreadfully boring, and it's ugly. It's one thing to win an ugly game. It's another thing to win ugly. And the NFL should be concerned about that first part, ugly games. Dan Patrick had an entire commentary about this on Friday, about how the product of the NFL has worsened, and nobody seems to care, including the NFL. And I'm hoping that more like big time voices like Dan Patrick start to speak up, so they could do something about it. Well, I have, are you I have an idea. What do you I have an idea. Take yeah. the Cardinals and the Jaguars and throw them out of the league. The Cardinals shrink the amount of teams in the league by two. And that'll increase the, play, the, pro, the quarterback Jason, play, Jason, the people that block for the quarterbacks.
2: Jason, Jason, what are you talking about? You think they're really going to retract teams?
5: Mike Florio did an entire piece on Friday about how the- expansion should never be on the table because the product is already too watered down. There aren't enough guys to protect quarterbacks, and there aren't enough good quarterbacks. So go to the next mile.
2: Take away two teams. Jason. Shrink the league. Jason, why are you talking about something that has zero chance of happening? You you pay Jason, off those why owners. Why are you talking about something that has zero chance of happening? I think it should happen. Now, whatever you think should happen, what is it like? What is the percentage chance that that actually happens? I have no idea. Five what is, percent. What is the percentage chance that an NFL team is retracted? What is the percentage chance? I don't know. Five percent. What is the Ten percentage percent? chance? Answer the question. Pi zero less than zero. If you're gonna come up with a solution, you got to come up with a solution that we can like. Okay, I can see that happening. Probably didn't happen, but see if it could happen. There's no chance, zero, none, no shot.
5: I'm gonna put it on Twitter and see if I get the reaction that I did for the day ball.
2: Mr. Viral, Jay Stewart. Uh, I do think like
4: there's a difference though. I in the because I liked the late games. There are a bunch of different ways to do it, and Patriots Colts was dreadful, just like Bears Panthers was. Seahawks Commanders, while not perfect, was an interesting game. Same thing with Cardinals Falcons. Browns Ravens, maybe a tale of two halves, was imperfect, but I I, I know that the NFL wants parity. And that's what they get week in and week out. But I don't know if that is a reflection on how bad the league has been at times. I almost think
2: that they're separate. That's fair. Uh, What do you got there, Lorena?
0: You know what I really hate, Doug? I hate that Taylor Swift can get a guy to fly all the way to South America, and I can't get a guy to drive 20 minutes to West Covina.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, where is it coming from? I mean, that's... (laughs)
0: I'm just saying, okay. What happens when
2: he arrives in West Covina? A little effort would
0: be appreciated.
2: It's pretty good. She (sighs) just, I think she just dropped the mic on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Can I do what I hate? Yes. We'd love it. Every Charger game on repeat. I just, it's so painful to be a fan of this team. Why is it so painful? Beautiful uniforms, cool stadium, good quarterback, right? Cool logo. Literally the most painful fan experience you can have is having a, a talented team that appears to be poorly coached because that's the only thing I can think of. Either the players are all dumb and they all get together in the huddles like, hey, guys, let's all go in the opposite direction where we're supposed to go and see how that works out. Either that's happening or they're being told the wrong things because I've never seen anything like this. And that's love and hate.
0: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
2: It's Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Dennis will join us upcoming.
0: Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long.
2: Mm, About eight minutes. Of course, Dennis is a National College football writer for CBS Sports. Uh, Jim Harbaugh didn't coach Saturday, but this really upset Dan Beyer that he actually spoke to the media today. Here's
0: what he said. It's got to be America's team. It's got to be America's team. America America loves a team that that, uh, you know, beats the odds, beats the adversity, you know, overcomes what the naysayers and, you know, critics, so-called experts think that's my favorite kind of team.
2: America's team. I I don't know if that's what, uh, he also talked about chickens being an interesting animal. Um, always entertaining to hear Jim Harbaugh speak. Uh, but I don't know if they're going to go down as America's team. I, I mean, on on some ways, you could say like, hey, kind of skating the rules, finding a way to rebuild itself by any means necessary, creating some underdog status that doesn't really exist. Right. You know, Michigan. Yes. Michigan was down before he got there. But like it's that's not like they were northwestern. They're not Minnesota. They're not Rutgers. <laughs> you know, Michigan was born on third base. They didn't hit a triple. So I don't know if it's a true rags to riches story, but I do think there's a lot of America to that. We do. We make ourselves out to be some underdog that we're not. We're an underdog in soccer. We shouldn't be, but we are. The things that we're an underdog in, mostly it's out of our own doing, which, by the way, kind of parallels Michigan. But if if this is your first time listening to Jim Harbaugh at a press conference, you might think, that guy's kind of bizarre. You're like, yeah, it's Jim Harbaugh. That is on brand. On brand. Completely and totally on brand. How about this news in college football that Jimbo Fisher was was fired? Now, it's not surprising because those of us who follow college football know this was kind of a, this was going, you know, like they almost fired him last year. And, but they just beat Mississippi State. Now, apparently, they met with the board on Thursday. I'm sure he knew it was coming. But he went 51-10 to 10 on Saturday. And then late Sunday night, like, yeah, he's going to be fired. How does that make any sense? So people ask all the time or make statements all the time about Texas A&M football. And I've had people, I know a couple people who work there. They're like, this should be the best job on earth in college football. but Because what do you need to be successful, right? You need resources in terms of facilities. Um, they have that financial. They have that. They have the infrastructure built where football is and can be more important than other things. You, you may, they may, people may not like that socially. You might not like that. in when you, when you talk with your friends, but the reality is, You don't have to completely look the other way, but a little bit. But you also have to be a solid school, right? You can't, it can't be, you know, I went to a JUCO, so I can say this can't be JUCO level courses. You have a passionate fan base. Proximity to talent is incredibly important, but so are the resources you can allocate now for NIL. You have all that. You do have some history, not a ton, but you have some history, even recent history with Johnny Manziel and the Heisman. It's not like you've been bad. You just haven't been great. So why doesn't it work? And it's interesting because when Jimbo Fisher took the job, he said, you know, and basically this was calling out Florida State. The reason that wasn't working was everybody wasn't pulling in the same direction. Now, in this one, everyone is, but they're pulling in their own directions. You know, the great thing about a and is you have so many people willing to give so much. The bad thing about A&M is you have so many people willing to give so much. Because when they give, they want to get some. Hey, I gave to get that player. I want him to play. And the players, like you, have to recruit guys that normally would go to Texas A and M. That you need something to push you over the top. Like Texas A and M is kind of borderline cult type of place. It just is. Red pill or blue pill, I don't care. A lot of those dudes are super programmed. Especially you know the ROTC guys, the yell leaders. Those guys are just. It's just weird. It's just, it doesn't, it's not bad. Don't get me wrong. Like having something to be a part of and to stand in front of 20,000 students and leave them in these cheers and do these, which can be seen as awkward. Like that takes some lower intestinal fortitude. I, I respect that. But when I watch you're like, I, I feel like I'm watching a seance. I feel like somebody's going to rise from the dead. What are we actually, what are they actually doing here? can you imagine what a high school football player thinks so the only way to overcome that is you, you you pay more but when you pay more you can't there's no tie to the school it's just a tie to the check then you have all the guys writing the checks and they all want to be heard they all want to be seen they all want to have their guys they want to have them play toxicity level is like chernobyl there like chernobyl it's so the Guy Leap Show here on Fox Sports Radio, coming to you from the com studios. Um, let's welcome in Dennis Dodd, National College Football Writer for CBS Sports. And, um, Dennis, let, let's start with, let's just kind of go chronological, weekend, uh, chronological order with the weekend before we get the coaching news of the day. Harbaugh suspended three games, but only for the game. What's your reaction today as to Saturday morning, or actually Friday's announcement?
1: Well, I'll just tell you what I wrote. Um, I think both these, teams, both these things can be true, that um, the report itself, if you read all 13 pages from Friday, is disturbing. Uh, I've never heard of the NCAA president calling a commissioner in mid-investigation and saying this is what we got. Looped in a gambling integrity coordinator from Las Vegas, um, alerted everybody in the in the Big Ten, And, uh, you know, and they went forward. This is also true. Uh, The Big Ten found that Jim Harbaugh didn't know. And I think they've got good standing for uh, for an injunction on Friday. So it's complicated, but maybe it's not. I I guess not. Um, If he is
2: suspended for the next two games, how does that affect Michigan?
1: Uh, I think they'll be fine. Um, obviously, the you or I could uh, coach against Maryland. Uh, I think they're you know, I, I think Alabama, Georgia, and Michigan are the three best teams in the country. I don't have have them ranked that way, but I think Alabama is peaking late. Michigan's been very consistent, and that to me is why they're ranked so high. Uh, either they haven't played anybody until Penn State, which I don't think they even count Penn State now after watching that swap. But um, I think they'll be fine. Uh, I think they'll be at home. I think they'll beat Ohio State. And that's the end of the suspension, whether he gets an injunction or not. And then I I talked to a person today, like, what's next? That's it. Uh, Until the NCAA gets done, you know, and that's assuming Jim Harbaugh comes back at Michigan and doesn't go to the NFL, that's the end of this story.
2: Um, okay, let's let's get to the coaching news of the day, uh, or actually, it was yesterday. Jimbo Fisher is going to get getting fired. He gets 19.4 million within 60 days, then 7.27 more million within 120 days, uh, and then that same 7.2 million dollars for the next, I think, seven years. So within the next eight years, he's he's going to get all of his money, all 76 million dollars. Um, and they
1: won Saturday.
2: Why? Why fire him now?
1: Well, I think that from what I read, they made the decision last week, um, and the the statement from the AD Ross Bjork was, "We were stuck in neutral," and I, I think that's a pretty good summary. Um, you pay this guy, you know, what ninety five million for ten years. You at least expect a division title, which they frankly never got close to. They were nine and one during the COVID year, but that was kind of an outlier. He never had a quarterback to speak of. You just mentioned all the quarterbacks that they had, Tyler Murray and that lot. Never had a quarterback who was a difference maker. I, I can't explain that. Um, that's for Jimbo Fisher to talk about. And, and you're in the, no matter what happened, you're in the SEC West coaching against Nick Saban, against LSU, against Auburn for better or worse on the Mississippi schools, which I think Saturday was his first win over one of the Mississippi schools in his division. So, um, you know, I think the advantage of the next coach is, you know, buyer beware, but maybe on this new person's watch, Saban's going to retire and give somebody else a chance because that's the one thing I couldn't get over the day he was hired. So this is the guy, they've thrown all this money at the problem. Okay, Jimbo, what this says is, you're going to beat Nick Saban. You're going to win a championship. And he didn't come close. It's, it's one of the more, for the money and the facilities and the resources, one of the more underachieving programs in
2: the country. Oh Okay, so I'm, I'm with you. And what's interesting is, and I said this at the time that they left for the SEC, that it was a mistake because they had a mm-hmm. resource advantage over everybody in the Big 12 outside of Texas. Um, but even in the Big 12, outside of the, I think their first year in, they, they didn't win the Big 12. They're they're a, put them down for eight and four, or you know seven and five, just about every year. Why is it? Why what? Why do you think? Because they've had look, someone had it rolling in recruiting. Dennis Franchione was a gigantic, gigantic name, um, and obviously Jimbo Fisher's won a national title like. Mike Sherman was a weird hire, but had won mm-hmm. a Super Bowl. But wh- mm-hmm. why can't they figure it out in College Station?
1: That's one of the great mysteries of the universe. I mean, look, two years ago, they had what was then called the greatest recruiting class in history. Yep. At least the number one recruiting class. Now, how's, that, how's that gone for them? Not good. Um, it's, it's a program. I, I started thinking about this. What was one, uh, one of the big stories over the weekend? It's Cody Schrader at Missouri, the Division II walk-on. Could there be a Cody Schrager at Texas A&M? They wouldn't allow him anywhere near the practice field. They're going after five stars. Well, Eli Drinkowitz took a flyer on a kid, and he worked out. This is a program that habitually uh, never overachieves. Never. They haven't won a conference title since 1998. They made a movie about that. It's been so long ago. They beat Kansas State in overtime. They made a movie about the guy who caught the game-winning pass. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's and I, and I think what precipitated this is going back to your previous question. I think the fact that Texas is coming into the league really has them nervous. Um, you remember two years ago when it was announced that OU and Texas were going to the SEC? The only AD at the SEC media days was Ross Bjork, and he was spewing stuff. Oh, it is this can't be. We can't. You know, they told us they wouldn't take Texas. Well. Now, now the price of poker just went up. Where when they were in the Southwest Conference in the Big 12, they went at it every day in recruiting and whatever in playing games, and now have to play each other again. I think that may have more than anything um, gotten rid of Jimbo because Texas is on a roll and Sark is there.
2: Dennis Dodd joining us here uh, on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Okay, who replaces him?
1: Well, I think, look, the uh, the shiny jewels are Dan Lanning. Um, I think you've got to give him a call. But as long as Oregon has a has a shot, it's a pretty good shot at making the playoff, you're not going to get into this process. Uh, plus, you're in a really, you know, in other words, where you have to say, uh, you're going to have to wait until after the season's over. They're not going to do that. The early signing day is next month. Um, and and he's gonna have as long as he stays at Oregon, he's gonna have all kinds of options. Uh us go to the NFL, wants to replace Nick Saban. He goes to Texas A and M, he's got a he's got a fifty fifty chance of of uh ruining a chance of getting to Alabama based on history, based on what we're talking about. So I think it's Mike Elko. Um I think I didn't think there was a job worthy of him, and I'm talking about the new coach who was the former defensive coordinator at Texas A&M, sure. basically for the last time they had a defense, Mike Elko was a defensive coordinator. Been at Notre Dame, done wonders in two years at Duke. I think he's the guy. Uh,
2: yeah, I mean, the, the question there, like, look here, yeah. here's the, the question. There is, can you have a guy who's a good enough football coach, but also is allowed to coach? Okay. And the boosters can go and do their NIL and basically buy kids, but then get their hands off and allow the process to be completed. And, and oh, yeah, by the way, the last part to it is I know they've recruited well, but it's you, you they need Aggies. They need guys that are all in on It's really yeah. hard in this landscape. Yeah. And the place is seen as kind of like a cult from a lot of outsiders. It's just yep. it's the it's the weirdest job in America because I agree. I've had a friend who was a high-ranking coach on on a staff once upon a, time, upon a time. He said, if you just took out all the things you need to win a national championship, this should be the best job in the country, and it's yeah. not. Yeah. And so
1: we, and you're, it, you're it's right. A, it's they, weird... they need to let it. They need to, they need to let the person go. Yeah, they want somebody that they can control. Now, Jimbo wasn't like that, yeah. and they let him go, but. When he didn't achieve, and, you know, we're writing about this every week, he's in the hot seat, but uh, he's got 75 million reasons to, to go off and take some time off. But, now you're right. Um, do they want to win, or do they want to sit on the sidelines and be assistant coaches? There are guys out there who can do it, but do they lower themselves? oh we can't take him. He's from X. Well, maybe he's a hell of a coach. So we'll see.
2: Dennis, thanks so much for, for joining me. We'll talk to you very, very soon.
1: All right,
2: Doug, thank you. All right, that's Dennis Dodd joining us from CBS Sports here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Still a lot to get to here on the show, and a reminder that we broadcast live from the Tyrac.com studios. Coming up next, we'll get you up to speed on the injuries for tonight's Monday night football game. That's next.
0: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
3: craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.
1: 38-yard field goal attempt from the left hash mark. For the victory
0: for Matt Amendola. Here's the snap. Here's the spot. Here's the kick. Plenty of leg. And it's good. The Texans walk
5: off with a win. Yes, Cincinnati. They take it 30-27. to
2: Matt Amendola at the buzzer.
0: Broadcasting live from the studios of Fox Sports Radio, here's Doug Gottlieb.
2: Yeah, there was a little bit of Tebow time with that one. I'll explain in a second. That's our Progressive Play of the Day. Progressive makes things even easier. They help you bundle your home and car insurance together. You can save on both. Learn more dot Progressive.com or call 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. The game was tied at 27, but you know, not reported. And of course, that was the call from Texans Radio Network. Um, is that uh, HTX? Is that the Texans had a 27-14 lead? Excuse me, 27-17 lead. And then there's a pick, touchdown, a field goal. And then they marched down and kicked the field goal. Is the... Tim Tebow always got credit for putting out fires that he started. I, I, there was a little bit of a fire that was started there by CJ Stroud. Nonetheless, he played good football, and he's been the surprise, I think, of this rookie quarterback class without question, even though he was a top five draft pick. Let's get to the press. The press. What you got?
4: Doug, Dan Byer here, and I just saw a tweet from the 33rd team that pointed out that Jets kicker Greg Zerline has contributed to 72 of the Jets, or accounted for 72 of the Jets' 144 points this season. That is exactly half of the team's totals. That's crazy. And the reason I bring it up is on the heels of what Jason Stewart did in the love hate about the product, because I felt that the argument was because I liked the late field goals that we had yesterday. I thought that some were drama. The one in Arizona was set up, Arizona worked the clock at the end so they could attempt the game winning kick with, you know, just one second left on the clock. But I do think that there is a difference between game-winning field goals and teams settling for field goals, especially as well in an age of the NFL where I think we feel a lot of teams are going for it. Most notably... Dan Campbell yesterday on that 4th and 2 to make sure that Justin Herbert didn't get the football. They got the 4th and 2 and then they were able to kick their game winning field goal. I just I just wanted to point out that I think it's the 5 game winning field goals in my mind last night are separate to the point that Jason Stewart was making. And Jason's point about the bad football, maybe reflected more with this Greg Zerline stat than anything that happened late in the games yesterday.
2: I I, I got to tell you guys, I think the bad football, a gigantic portion of it is that you don't hit, they don't hit, and they don't play in the preseason. So the first you know three or four games is still it's like a working preseason. And then once you get to when you're in what would be the meat of the season, there's so many injuries as well, you're not going to have as good a clean play. I think that's – I would guess that's a portion. Sure. Sure, I think that's absolutely fair.
4: I also just – in the you know, the dominant teams are the good teams, and I don't know if it's because we grew up in an era where the 49ers were dominant and there were great giant teams and, you know, obviously the 85 Bears as well. But I think that we have similar – maybe not to the length of their greatness, but with the Eagles and the Niners and obviously the great success of the, the Chiefs as of late. But I think what happens is it all gets distracted over fantasy football and betting. Like That's really what we care about, and so yeah. it's a great product because, guess what? We have a guy playing on Sunday night, and it doesn't matter if the game is 16-12 to 12 because, guess what, Brees Hall got me my 50 yards that I needed to win the game. So,
2: I think that can cover it up. Mm-hmm. Also fair. I mean, like we haven't cared about the product in a long time. Yes, you know? it wasn't good last
4: year either. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're correct. I uh, got some college. Actually, we get a couple of NFL notes. Matthew Stafford Doug expected back for the Rams Sunday against the Seahawks. They had a buy in Week Ten. Mm-hmm. Of course, he didn't start in Week Nine. Brett Rippon did, but Matthew Stafford expected back for LA.
2: Hmm. Um, well, okay, so they won't let lose by as many. <laughs> although they did they did
4: dominate the Seahawks in week one we'll see if they can turn the tables Jets head coach Robert Sala says they aren't making any changes at quarterback as Zach Wilson remains the starter also said that
2: Nathaniel Hackett would remain the play caller hmm. even though Aaron Rodgers rolled his eyes at him I'm not really sure I mean like I don't think Nathan, 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 Nathaniel Hackett's great but I also think he's not working with much with Zach Wilson absolutely and the Bengals got some good news but
4: it may not be Great news, Trey Hendrickson, their pass rusher. Did you see how he was hurt? It was on that Noah Brown reception near the end of the game, and a Bengals defender kind of pushed Brown, made him stumble awkwardly when the play was over. Hendrickson's knee hyperextended, avoided major injury, but the Bengals have a short week. They've got the Ravens coming up on Thursday night.
2: Yeah, I a mean, short week in a physical game against the Ravens, that's not a good sign, and that was a weird injury college
4: football. Doug, uh, Brett McMurphy just tweeted this one, that a Georgia-Alabama SEC championship game mm-hmm. would have Georgia favored by three in that mm. matchup in Atlanta.
2: Well, they got Brock Bowers back, and they started to look like the number 1 ranked team. Previously, I think you are like, well, they're not as good a version of the previous years, but they feel like they're starting to kind of come together, get their confidence, but Remember when Nick Saban, you know, time had passed by Nick Saban? Yeah, that's not the case anymore.
4: Yeah, Alabama is also really funky because they have that loss to Texas, and Texas remains above them in the in these rankings. But there are some that feel, heck, Dennis Dodd just told you a little while ago, he has Alabama is one of his top three teams in the country. It's just they're going to have to leapfrog a bunch. I mean, if they were to beat Georgia in the SEC championship game, uh, that would be utter chaos for the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. Utter,
2: utter and complete chaos. Baylor. Then, then, then they both get in. Yeah. Right. Yes. And then all of a sudden you have Ohio State, Penn State, Ohio State, uh, Michigan. OK, let's say Michigan wins there. Should Ohio State still go? Right. Um, what happens with Texas? What happens with Florida State? You know, what happens with a one loss team from the pack? You know the good yeah you're you're exactly right what
4: would happen if Texas if they go and avenge you know well it wouldn't be avenge but
2: they could still avenge they could still play Oklahoma Yeah
4: if if they go and end up yeah winning out and Alabama would be conference SEC winners but they would have the loss to Texas at home Yeah yes yeah, it'd be it'd be craziness. I do think that the Ohio State Michigan game is big because honestly, now Ohio State's two wins over Notre Dame and Penn State don't look as good. Plus, Ohio State hasn't looked great uh, this season. Really, they've f- they have been unimpressive with the eye test in certain matchups. They were pretty good on Saturday night against Michigan State, and it's helped when Trayvon, uh, Trayvon Henderson has come back, but. Um, I do think, that and then with Michigan, you could just point to really their lack of schedule yeah. that they played. Yes. Uh, Baylor and TCU, Doug, are now going to be playing for something. The Blue Bonnet Battle. This Ooh. organized by the uh, the students of the school, student organizations coming up with a trophy. So now, when Baylor and TCU do battle, they'll do so for the Blue Bonnet Battle. Mm.
2: Alliteration. Blue Bonnet That's yes. good. good alliteration, yes. Uh, it, Jay, it,
4: Jay Stu. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> He's a big fan of that one. And finally, this story from Major League Baseball. Craig Council introduced today as the skipper of the Cubs. Council revealed that the now-fired Cubs skipper, David Ross, texted and reached out to Council... And uh, gave him well wishes, and the two spoke before the news broke that Council would be heading to the North Side replacing Ross. So David Ross uh, earning some uh, some big respect points from the Cubs' new skipper and Craig
2: Council. It's really funny when Council got there. You know, he was talking about man, just you feel the history. Like they they've won once in a hundred years. <laughs> what what history? Oh, that's the press.
0: Hey, get out there and press! That was the press.
2: Uh, quick Monday night football pick. Who you like,
4: Dan Baier? I'm going to pick the Broncos to cover tonight. I think the Bills win, but the Broncos cover.
2: Uh, what about you, Jay Stu? I think Vance Joseph will have the time of his life. Uh, yes, I think the Bills win and win big. Check out the In the Bonus Podcast, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Traveling for college hoops this year? Pro tip: Stay at graduate hotels. They're obsessed with college basketball. Just like us. Each graduate hotel is like a shrine to local team with lots of cool details for alumni, nods to school colors, mascots. Why would you stay anywhere else? They have 30 plus hotels in the best college towns. And get this, you can save up to 30% off with code Doug. That's my name, Doug. Good at any graduate hotel location, anytime up to 30% off. So here's what you do. Book your stays at graduatehotels.com That's graduatehotels.com
0: Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury.